Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you at the NovaCare Complex. It's Thursday afternoon. Eagles getting ready to hit the road. Charlotte, North Carolina, the destination for Sunday against the 3-1 Carolina Panthers team that opened up the season in a surprising fashion with three wins, a loss to Dallas on Sunday, looking to get back on the winning track, as are the Eagles, who've lost three consecutive games. A lot of uncertainty for the Eagles, of course, with some injuries, some question marks, particularly along the offensive line. And we're going to explore that here today on the Eagles Insider Podcast. We're going to talk defense as well. What is the Eagles' defense? Is it the first two games where they played really well against Atlanta and San Francisco? Or is it the last two games where they've struggled so much against Dallas and Kansas City? We're going to find out some perspective from that side of the football. Linebacker TJ Edwards joins us in just a bit. But we do want to focus on the offensive line I mean, think about it. Last week, only hours before the game began against Kansas City, the Eagles announcing literally 90 minutes before game time that Lane Johnson would be inactive due to personal reasons. So what does that mean? They're already without Jordan Mailata. Lane Johnson not going to play. So what do you do? What you do is you call on Jack Driscoll, who had just been activated from the injured reserve list. He just practiced that week. Uh, probably didn't know he was going in at tackle, right? Like, yeah. So he plays right tackle, he plays very well, and the beat goes on. How do you get ready on such short notice for a completely new experience? Let's find out right here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, one-on-one with Eagles second-year offensive lineman Jack Driscoll. Jack Driscoll has not met a challenge he's afraid to conquer. So... He joins us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Jack, um, I'm so impressed with what you've done as a young Philadelphia Eagle. Um, you, you seem to be the guy that like can handle any sort of any sort of situation. A- am I am I making this up? I mean, are you like cool on the outside and the and like a duck? You're flapping below the water. <laughs> no, I, I always just try to keep level head, and that's kind of something uh, you know I've always done, no matter what sport from a young age is. No matter what situation I'm in, you know, try to make the most of it and learn from it, you know, because as you've seen and um, whatnot, you can be thrown in any situation and I don't want to feel like I'm letting the team down when I'm in there. Um, You know, I don't want, you know, the level of play to drop just because I'm in there. So um, it's up to me to rise to the occasion. So last Sunday against the Chiefs, you find out that you're going in at right tackle. You had not prepared to play right tackle throughout the week. I wonder, and I know you've talked about this, but like if you can kind of share with me, what was the emotional experience like? Yeah, I mean, so it's about an hour and a half before the game, and Stout, you know, Stout told me the news and whatnot, and it was kind of just like, screw it, I don't have time to be nervous, I don't have time to overthink it. It's like I'm just gonna go out there, you know, execute my technique, and you know, I've, you know, I've repped a lot of right tackle, and throughout college I played right tackle, so you know, it wasn't like I they were saying, hey, you're playing center or something. You know, I've never played, but you know, I haven't played in a long time, so I was confident. You know, I'd played a lot next to Nate Herbig, so um, it was you know, we played a lot of games and a lot of practice reps next to each other, so that made it bet you know, nice. And whatnot, but um, I just went out there with the same mentality I had when I was at guard. It's like I'm just not going to let the team down. I'm going to go out there and play as hard as I can, 
and whatever happens, happens. But I'm not, you know, I don't want people to turn on the tape and at least say, oh, he wasn't playing hard. You know, because that's one thing I always, uh, you know, try to pride myself on is playing hard and playing to the whistle and, you know, playing for the city of Philadelphia. All right. So, um, so like, I don't know if fans can understand. So you watch film all week and you're studying the entire Chiefs front, really the, the entire Chiefs front seven. But did you have to cram in some film study in that 90 minutes of time before you went on the field to just kind of get more familiar with what they were doing on the edge? Yeah, so the one thing I lucked out with, I watched a lot on 95 on their team because, you know, he played all over the place. He played left, he played right, but inside, outside. And during the game, I had him on me a lot. So at least I had watched a lot of his tape. Um, but then I, I saw Connor Barwin, and Connor Barwin always breaks down the pass rushers in the beginning of the week. So I just told him, give me like the 30-second rundown of each of these guys. And then he told me, and, you know, he told me what 97 and those guys like to do. And I just went out there and kind of with that in the back of my mind. And also, you know, I'm a big proponent of controlling what you can control. And, like, it's not – it's on me. You know, it's like no matter what they do, if I execute my technique and I do what Coach Stout tells me to do, I can, you know, um, you know, I'll be in position to, um, you know, be able to stop anyone and, you know, at least be in a chance to succeed. I, I want to get back to the football in a second. So in your upbringing through your days at Massachusetts and Auburn, you know, you were lauded for your academic achievement. I think you took some leadership courses as well. Um, one of your favorite quotes is, success breeds complacency. Complacency breeds failure. Only the paranoid survive by Andy Grove, who's a like a management kind of um, high output um, guru, if you will. Uh, did that help you in these kind of moments? Yeah, because, you know, it's the NFL is no one cares what you did last week or no one cares what you did yesterday. So it's like every day you have to bring, you know, you're only, my, my dad always told me to grow up, you're only as good as your last play. So it's like, you know, I go out there with the fact that like, it doesn't matter what I did in the play before or the week before, you know, if I'm not, you know, worried in the sense that like, I need to have, um, you know, like a sense of urgency. I need to play well and I need to, you know, execute as best as I can each play. And, you know, once the play's over, forget about it and on to the next one. And that quote just really has stuck with me because it's kind of like how I approach every day is, um, you know, every morning I start the same way. I look to see my locker is still there. And it's like, I did something good enough yesterday where I'm still here today. And then what can I do today so that I'll be here tomorrow? And um, I just feel like if I approach everything I do that way, that, um, you know, I'll at least be in a position to succeed. Where did you come across that quote? Was it a college class you took, a high school class you took? It was, I was reading one day and it was like an article or something. It was in there. And I just, like you said, it was one of those things where it just stuck with me. And, um, it was one of my classes in Auburn. Um, I don't remember exactly where it was, but it's one of those quotes that stuck with me ever since. It's interesting because I think some people would say, well, if you're paranoid, you can't relax and achieve and, and perform at your highest capacity. You don't, you don't find that to be the case. Well, I, I do think there's a happy medium of like, you know, you don't want to be so, you know, tensed up and nervous that, you know, you know, you're overthinking things. But at the same time, like, you know, you don't want to be too lax where it's like, oh, you know, and for me, that quote's speaking more than half, like, oh, you know, I've done well, I don't have to work as hard, or I've done well, I don't need to practice as hard, or, you know, watch film as hard, or recover as hard. So for me, it's I take it from that point of view. Out, when I, once I'm out in the field, I do try to, you know, cut it loose and have fun, because at the end of the day, it's football, and football is a game I've, you know, played my whole life, and I've loved, and, um, you know, sometimes when you get out there and stuff, it's easy to overthink it and over, you know, overanalyze. It's like, look, it's the same game. You know, and the guy across me puts his pants on one leg at a time. That was one thing Stout told me before the game was like, you know, these guys, it's the same thing you've done, you know, your whole life. So just go out there, have fun. Um, 
But yeah, from that standpoint, just understanding that, like, if you don't have that sense of urgency, you know, this is the NFL. They'll find someone else who will do it, get it done. And, and I do imagine that Sunday was particularly fun for you because you'd just come off IR. You know, when the game is taken away from you because of an injury, let's be honest, it sucks. sucks. And you, you're, right, you're, there's only 16, well, 17 games a year. Was there an extra kind of sense of like, I can't wait to get on the field on Sunday? Oh yeah, I mean, like you hit on that. It just it sucks when you're injured. It's like you know, you see all your eyes out there and you're rooting for them, but it's like it's it hard not being out there and even practice. You know, it's like just standing there watching. It's like man, it really gives you a sense of appreciation for like how much you love the game and you know how lucky I am to do what I do for a living and to be able to play for the you know a great organization like the Philadelphia Eagles and represent them on the field. So you know, I always think from each injury, I try to learn and grow a little bit. You know, and understand like you know this game doesn't last forever for anyone and it's like you know you can't take it for granted you can't take a play for granted because you really do never know when it's from your last play and um you know it's tough but it's one of those things you know injury in the nfl is 100 at some point you're gonna have to deal with it and just um you know getting through it and you know it does give you that sense of appreciation once you're back out there with your brothers though i would imagine that when you watch the tape after the game you are brutal on yourself um along with stout uh, how did you play on sunday against the chiefs well, you know, not good enough to win, you know, and that's at the end of the day, that's how I always look at it is no matter if, you know, individual performances, it doesn't necessarily matter if you don't win, then it's like everyone needs to look themselves in the mirror and say, I need to improve because you know, that's the most important thing. And, um, you know, so there's some things I did well, but definitely some things I need to clean up on. And, um, you know, I look forward to, you know, Coach Stout always does a great job and is very vocal about the things I need to clean up. And he also is good about, you know, things that I did well. But um, it's going to be important just moving forward to continue to grow and, you know, kind of knocking some of that rust off coming off of IR and, you know, continue to, you know, get better as a player. Jack, did you have the idea when you came into the NFL after playing at Massachusetts and Auburn, that you might be somebody who would have to be versatile, that you'd have to show your versatility to to have a long, successful career in this league? For sure. And that was something, you know, my agent and, you know, even just, you know, mentors I worked with throughout the process just said, you know, unless you're a starter, you have to be able to play more than one. Because as you know, you're only dressed in seven or eight guys. So, you know, you do the math and guys need to be able to back up multiple positions. So it was something that, you know, last year being a weird year with COVID and all that, you know, I really embraced is uh, learning the guard position, and, you know, trying to, you know, really become the best guard and tackle I can be because you saw, um, you know, you never know what at what time you're going to be thrown in either of those you know, positions. So um, I definitely know that, especially early in my career, it's going to be really important for you to play multiple positions. And, you know, on a dime, too, they could say, you know, play here, play here. And I, you know, can't miss a beat. you got to go out there and execute. Okay, a couple things about you before I let you go. Um, off the field, um, prized possession of yours is a very large baseball card collection. For all of the people out there who are big into cards, and I know it's a booming business, tell me about your collection. How many cards do you have approximately? And what do you have that's valuable? I have a lot. And like I said, I need to go re, like go through it because it's one of those things that's been sitting in my attic. When I was younger, I would spend all afternoon, you know, when I would, you know, free time I have, I'd go to like card stores or like a you know, thrift shop or a flea market and go collect cards and, you know, put them in, you know, the cases and stuff. And that was what I loved to do. And uh, me and my brother would do it. Um, I have some good cards. I have like uh, some Derek Jeter rookie cards, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. mint condition rookie card. Um, and now it's crazy to see the market is booming with those. Because, you know, when I was collecting them, there was really no market for it. It was kind of, you know, way down from what it used to be. So it's uh, good to see that guys are collecting again. And, um, you know, it's a it's a fun thing. It's, you know, it's good to get away from a screen too. You know, I was, you know, I like to sit and watch TV. I always enjoy to do something, you know, that was helped me out. In a very interesting bio of yours on the Eagles website in the media guide, um, you say that the moment that you were left starstruck is when you've met Tim Cook, the longtime CEO of Apple, 
and Yao Ming, the Pro Basketball Hall of Famer. Tim Cook, how'd you meet Tim Cook? How'd you meet Yao Ming? Tim Cook was, is an Auburn alum, so he came and he talked to us after the Iron Bowl when we beat Alabama, and it was really cool just to be like, you know, that's the Apple CEO. You know, it's the biggest company in the world, and that's the CEO, and it's cool to think that, you know, he went to Auburn and um, is a great dude, and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, locker room full of football players, he stood out, you know, as everyone knew who he was, and it was a cool thing. And then with Yao Ming, I was at um, my quarterback from college, Jarrett Stidham's wedding, and we were sitting there at the reception, and we're like, who's this guy standing up in the middle of the wedding? Because we're like, everyone's sitting down, you know, in chairs. And we're like, why is this guy standing up? And we're like, wait, he's not standing up. That's Yao Ming sitting down. And it looked like a, a grown man standing up. And it was the craziest thing ever. And, like, just standing next to him is like, you know, I always feel like I'm tall, like relatively tall at 6'4". But then you see someone who's over a foot and a couple inches taller than you. You're just looking up like, damn. That's why was he at level. the wedding? What was he doing at the wedding? Um, so Jarrett's... Why, um, you know, Jared's uh, wife, his dad was the CEO of the Houston Rockets. Um, okay. and now he's actually he's um, CEO of the 76ers. So, nice small world, yeah, yeah, it really is a small world. All right, we're gonna see you on Sunday back in, in Carolina. Um, I, I guess we'll see you on the field. We don't know where, right? I mean, it's only Thursday, you could change position three times between exactly. now and hey, Sunday. I might be playing, you know, receiver or something. Who knows? Uh, let's you know? not get carried away here. Yeah, All right. <laughs> you'll, see me, you'll see me on the O line. <laughs> Jack Driscoll, thanks so much for joining. Good luck on Sunday. Beat the Panthers. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. The Eagles' defense looked so good in week one at Atlanta after that rough early start. You remember the Falcons took their first two possessions into the Eagles' red zone, and the Eagles' defense stiffened and held the Falcons to two field goals and then shut them down the rest of the way. And then they started that way against the Niners in the home opener at Lincoln Financial Field, a dominating first quarter. And in fact, the Eagles limited San Francisco to, well, nothing until late in the first half. The Niners put together a 97-yard touchdown drive. And since then, the Eagles' defense has struggled. What is going on with the Eagles' D? Let's get some perspective. Linebacker TJ Edwards has played a key part in this group. He's a rising young linebacker. He started three of the four games. Very active on the defense. Terrific on special teams. And he joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. So, TJ, it seems like it's been kind of a tale of two seasons through four games for the defense. I mean, how would you characterize two really strong games against Atlanta and San Fran, and then games against Dallas and Kansas City that were clearly not the way you wanted them to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, it, I think it's difficult. Um, kind of like you said, I mean, I think we played really well the first couple, and um, I think it just goes to show that you got to be ready every single week to come out and play your best football. And, uh, you know, at times we didn't do that these past two games, and um, we're definitely excited as hell to be back in here working on it right now and, and making sure we come out ready to play this week. Is it, in your opinion, as you look around it, and really based on yourself as well, is it um, technique? Is it assignment? Is it um, just getting beat by better teams? I mean, what, how do you kind of explain? Is it learning a new system and not still all, being all the way there yet? I mean, yeah, I, I guess after two, after two games, you feel so confident, and then it, it, I mean, it must be a, a kind of a difficult thing to absorb that you struggle for two weeks. Yeah, um, you know, definitely. Obviously, none of us, you know, want to be out there and getting points scored on us and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just little things, uh, technique wise and, um, execution wise, um, that didn't happen last game. And, 
um, like I said, I think everyone in here looks at themselves very critically uh, when we come in after the games and um, see what went wrong and see what we did well um, and just kind of build on those things that went well and also know that we need to correct those things that went wrong to help our teams win football games. So um, kind of like you said, I think for the most part, it's just executing um, at a high level against really good, you know, everyone in the NFL is really good. So we have to be at our best at all times. Um, so, we're again, we're looking forward to doing that this week. What is your level of comfort in the scheme now? You've had uh, through training camp and now four games. How, how do you feel about the scheme, A, and then how do you feel about your role in the scheme? Yeah, no, I feel uh, really good about the scheme. Honestly, I think even having the OTAs this year, I think a lot of guys, you know, learned a lot about their role um, going into camp. And then in camp, we were able to, um, you know, run at full speed and, and see where guys fit in certain places and things like that. So I think everyone feels really comfortable with the scheme. And um, like I said, I think it just comes down to executing at times. And, um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't do that in, in those last two games for sure. So um, and then my role, yeah, I think it's for me, I just want to be prepared in, for any situation, any scenario. Um, I think at times, it you know, you kind of just have to go with the flow of the game. And our coaches do a good job of, uh, keeping guys fresh and um, going with who's hot and also making sure that everyone's locked into the game because, you know, like you know, things happen during the season and everyone has to be ready to play. Um, so I think that's helped a lot just in terms of everyone from the ones all the way to the end of the depth chart knows exactly what to do and how to do it. So now it's just, again, going out there and executing at a, at a high level. Is the defense, in terms of what it's asking you to do, different than what you've done in the past here? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Um, I think, you know, there's only certain ways that you can, you know, run certain coverages and, and things like that. I think obviously our makeup's a little a little different, but um, the way that we're playing certain things are, are similar and, and, and all those things. The techniques might be a little different, but, um, again, things that we've repped since OTAs and camp and, and things like that. So I think from a comfort level and in terms of, you know, my role, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at and I just want to keep getting better every single day because, um, you know, obviously we have to we have to keep on doing that for our team to be a good football team. Okay, it's on the road this week. It's Carolina. I guess at this yep. point we really don't know about McCaffrey. Um, what are you seeing from the Panthers' offense? Yeah, no, they're explosive. Um, I think they're uh, they're they're back. Even without McCaffrey, is really good. And you know, obviously with him, uh, they're you know even better. So um, the explosives kind of all over the field in terms of the receivers as well. Uh, decent, very good old line and. Um, again, it's just going to be one of those things where you got to come out every single week. And I don't think our, our message has changed in terms of um, alignment, assignment, key technique, and just knowing um, the areas of the defense that they're going to try to attack and uh, making sure that we're just on our right reads and right keys. And I think a big thing is, is just kind of playing mentally locked in and also making sure that, you know, we're having fun doing it. Um, it's been a you know a tough stretch, but it's also it's football. And um, we got to show our energy, our excitement. And so I think we're all just really excited to get back out there and, and put our best foot forward. What is Carolina doing with Sam Darnold? Why does he have five touchdowns on the ground? Is, are they running him a lot? Are they, is there a lot of design stuff for him to get outside and use his athletic ability? I think you see a little bit of design in the, in the red zone and things like that, but no, I think um, he's faster than what people think, and he's more athletic than what people think. Um, he can definitely, you know, make some plays with his feet and keep plays alive and things like that. But I just think, uh, you know, he's a, he's a really good player, and he's a he's a guy that you know we definitely want to make uncomfortable. And um, you know, he's obviously you know the heartbeat of that offense. So doing anything we can to affect him is going to make us be successful this weekend for sure.
Hey, TJ, what's the mood like in the locker room at one and three? Yeah, I think it's I think it's positive, you know, and I think it'd be easy for people to come in here and be down and um, you know feel tensed and, and stressed out. Um, but I don't I don't think that helps much, you know, when guys are um, you know doing things like that. But I think everyone right now is just looking forward to this next game, going out there and and playing really good football. I think we all know how how good of a team we can be and, and have shown at times. Um, so just going out there and putting it all together and um, doing it together, making sure that we're, we're staying together as a team and um, still connecting with each other, making sure that, because I think the more that we know each other and the more that you're comfortable with the guy next to you, the better we'll play as well. So I just think right now we're in a, we're in a good spot. I think we, you know, we've had some adversity hit us these past two weeks, but just not, not playing as well as we'd like, but, um, I know every single person here is excited as hell to get back out there this week and get out to Carolina and get things going. Don't you think you find out who the leadership is during adversity? And if so, how have you kind of, what have you learned about the defense and, and the leaders? I mean, BG goes down and other players yeah. have to step up. And so what have you learned about this Eagles defense through these tough times? Yeah, I think one thing that's cool is everyone seems to be able to lead in their own way. Um, you know, you have guys who speak up, and obviously, you know, getting Rodney back um, and him being, you know, part of the defense again and just having that that solid leadership, that experience uh, in the back end to keep everyone calm and keep everyone on the same page is, is huge for us. So having him back has is, is helped a lot. And, um, you know, obviously we lean on guys like Fletch and, and Hargrave and, and those guys who have been doing playing football at, at this level for a very long time at a high level. Um, and they're guys who embrace those roles and um, make sure to, to say, say things when they need to be said and also, um, you know, keep people up when they need to stay up. So I think it's I think exciting. I think you learn a lot about different people people in times like this and um you know right now i can't say anything negative about what's happening in this building so it's, it's exciting it really is hey tj thank you very much uh and good luck on sunday beat the panthers appreciate you dave good talking to you thanks very much to jack and to tj for their time good luck sunday in charlotte against the panthers thanks to all of you for joining us i'm eagles insider dave spadaro Peter Kelly, great job. Julie McLaughlin, terrific. Thank you so much for your work on this podcast, along with Ray Doyle producing. We're back with more. Our post-game instant reaction podcast comes your way from Charlotte on Sunday. Eagles looking to get back on the winning track against the Panthers. I'm insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go, Birds. Beat the Panthers. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!